the MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast, where we discuss all things crypto-related. Your host, Kieran Ryan. One of the biggest growth markets in the crypto space is known as pay-to-play. And one South African company going by the name of Skirmish has more than 50,000 players earning every month. So far, more than $500,000 has been paid out in prizes. There's one-on-one matches or games where you play against the house. There's popular online games like Fortnite, where gamers who would otherwise play for fun can now earn money. A report by PricewaterhouseCoopers reckons the gaming industry could be worth $321 billion by 2026, with millions of new gamers joining the throng during the COVID lockdowns. And that number is likely to continue growing in leaps and bounds. If you're not gaming already, there's a chance you might be soon. The video game sector is booming, and it's tipped to keep on growing. So how does this fit into cryptos? Well, there are hundreds of gaming tokens listed on CoinMarketCap, such as ApeCoin, Sandbox, Decentraland, and Axie Infinity. The top five gaming tokens alone are worth close to $5 billion. Skirmish co-founder Chris Heaton joins us to talk about online gaming and cryptos. And Skirmish is a South African grown and nursed online gaming company. Chris, welcome to MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast. Tell us about Skirmish and how it got started and the team behind the project. Thanks, Kieran. Um, thanks for having me and uh, that, that, that great introduction. Um, yeah, so very exciting space that we're in. Um, this journey has been going on for a couple of years now. Um, it started back in uh, with a conversation in 2017 between myself and my now co-founder, Roland Reed. Um, my background is marketing and advertising. I built an ad agency in South Africa called Brand Inc. over about 16 years or so. And um, we we kind of ended up in this, the sports industry and doing a lot of creative work there, working with big guys like... Orlando Pirates and SA Rugby and the Springboks, which was a lot of fun. And not only working with the rights holders, but also working with the sponsors on the other side. So did a lot of brand activations in that space and, and um, learned, learned a lot and sat in quite a unique space and became quite a sought-after agency. Fast forward that, you know, that started back in 2003 or so. And um, in 2017, I met my my now co-founder, Roland. He comes from a production background, an avid gamer, way more than me. So Roland and I got chatting about the gaming environment and Roland's pitch to me was, um, you know, had we ever thought about as an agency doing something a little bit non-traditional, looking at the gaming or esports environment and applying our creative approach and activation to brands in the sports industry into the esports space. And I uh, knew that there was, there, was, there was probably something here and, and it was probably worth a, worth a good look. And uh, had a look at the local market, um, you know, wasn't blown away by the, the what I would call rights holders or, or platforms within local markets and, and the value that would potentially be derived from them. You know, Ron and I got talking about what we could do and, and uh, I started to talk to him about the online poker model. Um, and looking at like what poker stars have done and re-democratizing the game of poker around the world. And, um, you know, what they what they looked at was just building a platform where poker players from all over the world could come and play for fun, for cash. And um, what a massive success story that that became. And um, was there anything like that for, for the video gaming world? 
this was a conversation that was happening now early 2018. It took me on a journey of discovery around the world. See if we could pick up if there was someone out there that was trying to do this. Was there any form of success around it? And was this a potential for a, a decent business? And could we pull this off? There, there wasn't a lot out there. There was a lot of really good sort of structured competitive platforms like Faceit. But the guys that are making money in this environment are either these programmers or um, streamers, which are generally ex-pro gamers that become streamers, and uh, then your content creators. And some of them have become super, super successful. But like I said, it's really, really a very small percentage of the market. You know, could we build something that would be quite special with some good technology that could allow a very inclusive environment for the casual gamers around the world to be able to play and earn cash on the games that they really love to play. You know, when we talk about blockchain gaming and, you know, um, play to earn, there's an immediate draw to the likes of like Splinterlands or Axie Infinity and um, what they've demonstrated by, you know, creating their own tokens and, you know, NFT card games and so on that have derived a lot of revenue, but it also been hit by what's happened to the crypto market. And, um, you know, we wanted to focus on AAA game titles and could we could we develop some technology that could, could pull this off and allow for a, uh, a very seamless ability to get in, you know, play your game as you normally play it and the games that you already love playing. But now I have this added layer of the ability to earn some money on top of that. And that took us on this journey of development of technology. In the, in the initial stages, we were very like a peer-to-peer focused. So, you know, um, Kiran, like me challenging you to a game of Fortnite or, or Call of Duty or FIFA and and us putting down a, 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 an entry fee and or me challenging you with an entry fee, you matching that, that creates a prize pool. And then we jump in and we play. And, and my system would then monitor the, the outcome of that game and um, reward the winner according to, shift, you know, being able to shift funds from A to B. And what we did was we built out a, a proof of concept in the early months of 2019. We could create all of this uh, this technology on, on a mobile phone so that we could apply our offering across multiple devices, whether it be, you know, console, PC, mobile, and then um, being able to sync with the game, uh, uh, record the outcome, and then verify results, and then move funds around. And we did exactly that. At that proof of concept demonstration, we had a few angel investors or, or venture capitalist firms come and have a look. And one guy put up his hand and was like, I think this is really cool. I like you guys and I like the thinking here. And don't know much about the gaming space, but I'm interested to learn more and I'll, I'll, I'll back you. So we got a bit of investment and that allowed us to you know, acquire a few more expertise in the team and, and build out the product further. You know, we're developing this unique technology from scratch and there were loads of learnings and mistakes made along the way. And, but anyway, we, we, we got this moving forward and, we, you know, this app was now ready to put onto the App Store, which was another massive learning curve of understanding what you need to do to actually get that right. It was a big milestone for us that we could have done this. Not that we had even marketed this product to anyone just yet, but at least we put it at a point of distribution through very, very small marketing um, uh, tactics. We got some people playing on some some events and challenging each other in, in you know, peer-to-peer matches. And then we needed to raise some more cash to now prep this product to market and um, get, get some decent amount of users on. And um, I met who is now my, my CEO, Luke Grob, through that process. He came in on an investment round with some, some angels uh, in 2020. They had been monitoring the esports gaming environment quite, quite a lot, and specifically the esports betting environment. So Luke, Luke demonstrated 
quite quickly, you know, the powerhouse that he was, um, you know, big business knowledge. And um, it wasn't long before I sat Roland down and said, listen, there's, there's a guy here that's just offloading an immense amount of IP into, into you and me and the team. And, and not that we ever asked for it, but he's, he's, he's very enthusiastic and doing a pretty good job of it. I think he's probably the right man that we should ask to, to join me in leading the team and, um, and, and take the bull by the horns. So I pitched it to Luke and he was quite taken aback. He, like, he was involved in quite a few different businesses at that point. He said, look, I'm, I'm quite eager to learn more. Uh, it'll be a big um, you know, commitment from my side and I would need to let a few things go because if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it properly. Um, but I want to come and spend some time with you and Roland, the team in Cape Town. He did exactly that. And that was towards the, the end of 2020. And as we were building up our product to launch to market, we've been refining the technology a lot, going through a lot of testing and and it started to build up as a marketing strategy to launch, which included utilizing some influencers and streamers from around the world. He was quite quick to sit Roland and I down and say, listen, buggers, it's, uh, I really love, love the team. I love the environment. It reminds me of my um, early days at HelloFresh. Like the culture that you guys have managed to put together here is really great. It's, it's, uh, it's exciting. And, um, and I, that was very flattering for me. And Luke said, yeah, I, I'm keen. I'm in. It's going to be flipping hard work make no mistake. And I need you guys to back me in my approach. It's not always going to be fun times, but um, I believe that we can, we can build something special here. And that's, that took us to a point of um, him joining us officially beginning of 2021 and us launching our version one into market. loads of excitement, loads more learnings. And um, you know, you don't know what you don't know until you know it. And the only way to know it is to have it out there and people utilizing it. It was quite simple. It was a free to play model that, you know, we ran these, these, these peer-to-peer tournaments where people could come in and could play and, you know, move up a leaderboard system. And, you know, at the end of the duration of those events, the top top four guys that placed or top five guys that placed would earn cash prizes. And we would have streamers running these events, so they would own it. So it would be like a, a loser fruit um, event, and she would broadcast the event to her audience, and her audience would join and um, download the product and get playing and, and have the ability to play with her as well. This was something quite new, you know, having the ability to play with, you know, what gamers would see as their heroes now, which would be these these big influential streamers. I mean, by some accounts, crypto has a 15% adoption rate amongst South African adults. And I don't know how accurate that is, but we'll go with that. One of the big draw cards going forward, it's been speculated, is gamers looking to earn and spend crypto. What's your view on this? And what is the tie-in, the skirmish and crypto? Because uh, I had a look at your website. So if you want to sign up with crypto, you open an account, but you only accept at the moment fiat. You've got to pay in, in British pounds. But I understand in the future, you are going to be able to join and deposit crypto into your wallet. So tell us a little bit about the crypto tie-in there. Okay. So, so yes. So, look, I mean, there's, there are all sorts of stats all over the place with regards to the uptake in the South African markets. You know, I think um, I, I, I've seen two particular ones, and it is the, there's a belief that around 7% of the market are utilizing uh, cryptos um, or have at least invested in cryptos or purchased cryptos. Um, I think you can probably thank uh, Rassi Erasmus for that because uh, Luno did a pretty good job of building some cool tech and then getting Rassi to promote buying Bitcoin on on the Luno product. And, you know, everyone loves Rassi. So whatever he says, they're going to do. But uh, realistically, like um, the utility of it has become more prominent. Um, And in the gaming world, uh, like I alluded to earlier, is that there was this this uh, term called play to earn that was born and um, some game publishers or indie game publishers have been building games 
um, which rely on are being built on a blockchain system and rely on the um, tokenomics or the economies of crypto, such as Ethereum and some of their own created ones, to to run and giving you know players the ability to earn these these cryptos or tokens um, through progression systems within the gaming environment. And um, you know if these are linked to real world cryptocurrencies, that they would you know as as the crypto market increases in value, then therefore their the, the 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 tokens that they are earning in these games would increase in value as well but there's also the flip side to it you know when the crypto market gets crushed like what has happened in the last few months and all uh, you know the value that they created although they they're potentially still up but the time in the time that they've invested in playing this game to build up the value of 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 their their crypto decreases, and that caused a lot of frustration and a lot of people to fall out of these games. I think Axie Infinity is probably the you know one that's the most um, visible and known about. Um, they hemorrhaged players for for a good few months. I don't think I don't. It's not the death of the game. It will definitely come back, and and people will continue to play it as they will continue to invest in cryptos moving forward. So you know, our link to to the blockchain environment. Um, look, it's very early stage at the moment. What we did do, and this was a big thing that Luke drove in his kind of future proof thinking, if there is such a thing. You know, um, we, we wanted to future proof our product. Uh, from a financial point of view and be kind of web three ready. And uh, we built a, a wallet system that's that's based on the layer two BTC blockchain. And we did that in conjunction with a company in the UK called Coin Mode um, that our FCA regulated. And ultimately that gives, you know, whenever someone uh, creates an account on our system that they're opening up a, you could call a, a, a bank account in the UK. Um, so that comes with a lot of trust and security ability on, on, on their funds. And we only utilize the utility of the, the blockchain wallet system at this point just to, to be an on and off ramp for fiat. Uh, we are waiting for our, our license to kick in. Uh, which should have been a couple of months ago. And if we'd done this three years ago, we would have been done much faster. But with all the regulatory uh, requirements coming in around blockchain, it's it's taken a lot longer than expected. And that will give us the ability to, to onboard various cryptos. Now, when our users have got this wallet system active inside our app, um, they're able to house multiple currencies in that and will be able to hold cryptos in that. And then play, utilizing cryptos or fiat, you know, the choice will be up to them. So uh, it now opens them up to a new way of sort of playing to earn or utilizing various forms of uh, uh, financial tokens or, or currency to, to be able to play against each other or in, in various events, tournaments, or, um, you know, or, or features that we offer on our system, like our, our money match system. Okay. Now, I'll, you just raised the question about licensing. It was my next question, in fact, was, is gaming for cash legal and uh, what laws do you fall under because you are a global operation so there's a lot of jurisdictions that you have to cover i'm sure absolutely so so this is this is a very interesting piece and some something that we've spent a hell of a lot of time understanding from a global point of view and we've engaged with uh, legal some really superb legal minds across the globe um now and, and including our in-house you know amanda Amanda Fisher, who's my head of legal and compliance, was actually, you know, one of the founding partners. She joined joined very early in the in the in this kind of crusade. Uh, she, her, and I have known each other since school days. Now she comes from a, a, um, a, a legal a legal representation of the likes of Piermont Global, so you know, hotels, resorts, and casinos. 
so I had a, a really good knowledge of the, the gambling space to start with. Um, but we both accelerated our understanding um, of the global regulatory requirements. And the first thing that we did was we hopped on a plane to, to Isle of Man. Before we'd even done that POC, we flew over to Isle of Man to meet with, you know, the regulatory body there as well as legal minds um, and uh, fiduciary services companies to understand, you know, their view on what it, what it was that we were doing because it sits in a very interesting space because and this is this is the crux of it all you know what we do is you could deem to be sort of skills based gaming so or wagering when you're putting some sort of financial uh, piece on the line um but the outcome is determined by a player a single player's skill rather than an element of chance and this is the big differentiator between us and what would be deemed to be a gambling product you know um gambling product you there's 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 a there's an there's an entry fee or a, um, a bet that is put down there is an element of chance in the outcome of of placing that bet of what and then ultimately there's either financial reward or loss on the tail end of that and that is kind of the crux of the simplification of what what is deemed to be gambling whereas with ours you know there is there is an entry fee that's paid and then you're backing yourself in an event and um, and then there is a potential for financial um, gain or loss on the other side of it. But the fact that you're not you're removing that element of chance and rather relying on your own skill is what uh, uh, you know moves us away from this gambling space. We need to be very very clear in that. And this, so that was our kind of a hypothesis on on what what we believed our product was, and we took that to some really good legal minds around the world, and they verified that for us. And we got legal opinions out of. Um, a lot of countries in the EU, the US, um, to make sure that you know what we were doing was completely legal and we didn't require any form of uh, gambling license for it. Um, you know, and but to do you know doing what we're doing, we want to make sure that we take a moral high ground and we only offer our product to uh, 18s and over, um, regardless of the gambling piece. But um, yeah, we we've stayed very very well clear of that. And, you know, every regulator is slightly different, you know, the, and, and you're seeing this deregulation taking place across the world quite, quite dramatically at the moment, you know, from the U.S. When we started in the U.S. a couple of years ago, we had the ability to trade in about 35 states. Now we're able to trade in 42 states. We believe that's going to be a little bit more in the next 12 months. Um, and also in the EU, countries are now um, looking at uh gambling operators and and uh, and looking to regulate them in their countries and are having the ability to trade because there is there is income to be made from businesses like that but because we sit in a skills-based environment we stay well clear of that okay now what impresses me about what you've done you've managed to attract more than fifty thousand players since 2021 that's i guess a little bit over a year Tell us about the demographics of these players. Are they young? Well, you've already mentioned you've got to be over 18, but where are they? Are they male, female? Uh, are there any concentrations geographically like United States or Europe or South Africa? Yeah. So we could, you know, we could break this up into two phases. You know, we've got our, our initial free-to-play model, which is available to anyone around the world except in um, you know, restricted territories like Iran and Russia, et cetera. Um, and then there is our, our pay-to-play model, which is is only available in specific regions. And um, yes, I mean we've we um, our, our goal was to acquire customers at a really effective rate, and that's something we've definitely overachieved on. You know, Luke set us a target of acquiring a download on you know two and a half dollars max. You know, at the beginning of this year, we were sitting on about between one one dollar one dollar twenty. We've now gotten that down to 
about 25 cents to the dollar. So there's no problem with us acquiring customers. And those are spread. You know, if we if we look at from the, I'll give you kind of a look at kind of a bird's eye view of maybe the top 10 or top five guys within, you know, the last year of trading, our top top countries and our, our top uh, users are coming from the UK, Germany, Spain, Netherlands, the USA, Poland, Romania, Sweden. Um, if you look at our top five, in the last seven days, it's Romania, Poland, Spain, Germany, UK. So, yeah, there's great performance across across the European countries. USA with our free-to-pay model, although the USA pay-to-pay model will be available in first quarter of next year, which we're super excited about. Um, but there's a, l- a little bit of groundwork that has to be done there, specifically around the regulation of how our wallet um, works within those territories. So currently, we're available to, to players in the EU, UK, and the Nordics. Um, bar France and Italy at this point in time, and um, yeah, yeah, it's it's you know it's it's been incredible to see you know players coming through and and playing on our system. You know, we're targeting eighteen to thirty fives, and they generally make up about I'd say between eighty five and ninety percent of our users. The, the the balance being older than that, and um, yeah, it's it's great. Like we, um, you know, we've got you know our our top ten percent of players are playing sort of. 50 matches um, week on week and, um, you know, top, top 25 playing about 35 matches week on week. So it's really good, good performance. And, and you know, we, as I said, we're still in our infancy and it's very early days for our, our product. It's very um, feature light, which we'd like to, we probably think our product's maybe three to 5% of where it needs to be. Um, and that's our job that we've got to build that out over the next two years. Um, but we needed to work really hard on getting our product to a point where, you know, we remained very focused on the technology development around one specific game title, as well as the marketing around that to acquire customers to make sure that we did this well. And once we kind of, you know, we're confident that we've nailed it on both sides of that, those, those two attributes, then, then we can open it up and onboard games across the horizontal. It's an interesting point about the number of games that people are playing. You have 50 games a week or 35 games a week. Are there people who make a living, a decent living doing this? And what's the biggest payout that you've made? I mean, so that that is what we truly believe we can create. And in the same way, like what PokerStars did, you know, before before they came around, you know, you had to go and play at a mate's house or play in these big tournaments, like uh, physical tournaments that um, – it was very limiting. It was a very exclusive environment or, you know, inclusive to you and your mates. So, you know, you wouldn't be playing for a month's worth of, uh, of groceries, maybe a couple of hundred bucks to buy a couple of beers. Anyway, so, but, you know, we firmly believe, like what Pokers and Stars have done, they've created millions of professional poker players around the world that are earning a decent living playing playing poker. And we believe we can do the same for gamers. And, um, you know, yeah, we, it's early stages now, but, you know, we've we've got gamers that have played a few games and have made in excess of 250 pounds and um, are continuing to play and continuing to grow that the value of their wallets. And, um, you know, these we, we target matches being played rather than users. So, you know, we want to make sure that, you know, it, it just, to, just to give you an idea of the context of when I say matches. So in Fortnite alone in the last 24 hours, you probably had between 7 and 12 million matches played on that, that game title. Now, if you take that into, you know, annually, you're talking about billions of games. You take that across multiple game titles, you're talking trillions of matches that are being played. You know, it's, it's you know, one user is going to play hundreds of games on a weekly basis. Now, if we give them that layer of earning potential on top of the, their traditional gameplay, 
you know why wouldn't they get into the you know want to have the ability to to make money from playing their games and not be pushed into a scenario where they have to match against someone else that they they have no idea who they are and their their skill levels and then trust that the technology is going to match them against someone of equal caliber um or go into a tournament and have to play for hours and hours and hours and try and place themselves in the top 10 to be able to earn anything you know our product allows them to jump in 24 7 anywhere anytime and play their matches or play their games as they do on a daily basis and uh but have the ability to earn on top of every match they play I mean, the online, the online gaming business model seems quite a lot like casinos and gambling. You've mentioned that, although the difference here is that you, um, you're only playing games which require a level of skill. But uh, what I want to find out from you is how do you make money on this? Do you make money because you're curating these games um, or are some of these players actually playing against the house? So you're acting as the house. The likeness to referring to us as a house is is quite accurate. So, look, we um, we facilitate these feature sets, you know, including this um, this money match sequence where you 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 playing against yourself, um, or there are the tournaments or the P- PVP matches. Though on the PVP and the tournaments, you know, we make uh, ten to fifteen percent margin off the top. When it comes to the player versus house scenario, we're making a blended margin of about between twelve and fifteen percent. So. Um, you know, and that's, you know, when players are winning or losing, whatever, we, we look to make no more than 12 to 15%. And this is, this is an amazing thing. We get, we get to control that quite, quite carefully. And we want to make sure that our players are benefiting dramatically from, from utilizing our product. All right. What about the future plans? You've said you're about three to 5% of where you want to be. It seems like you already have quite a strong international following. So you obviously want to grow out in more jurisdictions. You want to get more players coming to the platform um what are your plans okay so if we look at our roadmap we um from a a region point of view and where we want to be trading and what the way this is going to roll out is the us is next for us Uh, so that's north america uh then we go latin america then across to africa and then then up to asia so that's from a territory base and you know and once once we've done that you know you're targeting although the you know when you talk about and I think you quoted the stat up front that there's an estimate or Pricewaterhouse estimates that there's about 2 billion, 2 billion gamers or 2.2 billion gamers on the planet. That is a very, very broad amount of gamers, you know, because you're talking about, you know, Corrin who plays Candy, Candy Crush in the, the, the queue to pay for groceries or um, your, pre, your pro gamers playing Call of Duty. It, it's very, very broad. But, you know, with, with us deploying ourselves across all of these, you know, continents and countries, you know, we'd be targeting probably close on a billion players, you know, just in the, the, the EU and UK alone, you know, there's about a half a billion players that make up that, that, that territory. So, so that the, the opportunity to acquire more users and, and more matches being played on a daily basis is huge as we open up these territories. And then, um, and then it's game title um, onboarding. So, you know, we, um, we've always wanted to remain very game title agnostic, although we've been very focused on one game for, for a few reasons. Now it's a case of onboarding multiple games across multiple genres, you know. So it's, um, you know, we've been Fortnite focused. It's going to be FIFA. It's going to be Call of Duty. It's going to be, you know, Rocket League. It's going to be League of Legends, you know, focusing on the big esports titles because there are masses of, of games being played on a daily basis across those. Um, and expanding accordingly. And then, you know, like um, we will then look to, uh, you know, the indie games and the like uh, thereafter. And also a big push into the mobile game market for, for Africa when we bring Africa online. If you look at the 
CoinMarketCap, for example, they've got a section there on these gaming tokens. Um, I was looking at it yesterday. ApeCoin is valued at about between $1.3, $1.5 billion. Sandbox, a little bit less than that. Decentraland, Axie Infinity, all worth more than a billion. Of course, that's measured in the house token. Yeah. Are you going to issue your own to token at some point and have it listed on an exchange somewhere where people can participate in the growth of your company? Yeah, that is the plan. Um, so also it's been an interesting story over the last 12 months where we saw a lot of gaming companies rush to issue NFTs and so on to kind of what they see just jumping on the bandwagon. Um, and make quick cash, and a lot of them um, failed. And also there was a lot of uh, um, scams that were going on and, and users losing losing cash to to um, to people that were that were scamming them online saying that they, they could acquire tokens and so on through them. So it was it was just brushed and badly done. And we took a step back, remained very focused on what we're doing. And then also with this funding round that we've been going through for the last few months, we've managed to partner up with, with some really, really incredible venture capitalist firms from around the world. Um, Launch Africa Ventures was our first, with a, you know, with them having a very strong focus of technology uh, development through Africa. Uh, but second that came on into this round was a Blockchain Founders Fund out of out of Singapore, and Ali um, and his team are just just incredible guys. We, I mean, we have a, a lot of fun in our, our, our sessions with them, but super, super smart. And when it comes to, you know, Web3 and blockchain gaming and technologies, these guys are, you know, leaps and bounds of, of the rest around the world and their knowledge and understanding of what works and what doesn't. And we're in the early stages of building out our tokenomics with, with these guys. Um, and uh, which we're super excited about. You know, we, it's so important when you build big business like this to surround yourself with incredible expertise and exceptional people to make to make it actually happen. Um, and these guys are no, you know, no different to that. We haven't decided which which blockchain we'd be utilizing to do it yet. And we've got some time, but we want to make sure that we get the utility of what that coin or token is going to be utilized for first. And once we've got that that right, then we'll we'll have a look at what will be the most valuable blockchain for us to build out on. Chris Heaton, who is the co-founder of Skirmish, we look forward to following your story with great interest. What a fascinating story. And it seems like an absolute rocket ride that you've had. And it also looks like you've pulled in some very, very talented people to help grow this business. Great to learn about a South African company that's looks like you're going to gate crash some serious players internationally and uh, wish you the best of luck. Thank you very much. It's, uh, it's I've told the story a lot over the last 12 months uh, with, with all the best of pitches and so on that we've done, but um it doesn't. I don't lose any form of excitement in in telling our story. It's been brutal, but uh, so so exciting. Like um, we're doing some incredible work, and I'm just so proud of the team of people that we've managed to put together in all parts of the world, and, and the great work that they're doing. So, and thank you for giving me the time to tell that story on your platform. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for listening to the MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast, hosted by Kieran Ryan. To listen to our other podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.